are rolling. This is episode 281. Holy crap. 281 of No Laugh Track Podcast. My name is Justin Severson. I am here sitting on the stage at Acme Comedy Company in Minneapolis. Circle of Heat provided us with the music you just heard. My guest with me is uh, 48 hours ago. Had no idea I was going to see him this week. That's right. Had no clue. And then uh, some things changed, and I ended up coming to the club last night and seeing his stand-up set. And here we are together, me and Isaac Witte. Hi. Hi. Yep. Here I am. I didn't think I'd be here, but boy, <laughs> glad to be here. Uh, let's just cover that real quick. It was uh, you were always scheduled to work. T- today's Thursday. Yes. You were always scheduled to work Tuesday. Just Tuesday because apparently David Crow had something going on, and uh, yeah. So I was then I then I was leaving the show Tuesday, and David Crow sent me a message saying, "Hey, I just sent the club an email. Can you hammer it home to him? Let him know." As soon as possible, this happened. And, uh, yeah, I let him know, hey, I can do it. I don't have anything to do. uh, (laughs) That's good. Yeah. So the whole week is now yours. It's mine. It's as though though David Crow was never uh, booked this week. (laughs) You know, I looked back, um, because you've been on this podcast before a few times. Yeah, maybe my... this one might be my third time. I think so. One time I know was Dave with Dave Mordahl, mm-hmm. our mutual friend. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And then another time it was just the two of us, and it was a week similar to this. It was yeah, it was a cancellation week. Do you remember who that was? No, who canceled that week? John Dor. John Dor. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember. I remember making money because of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the protocol? Do you that now send uh, David Crow a, thing, a get well basket? Or, uh... I send him I uh, I send him a message saying uh, what's how, what kind of sick were you? And then really, you know, I've known him for a long time. I, no need to hammer it home. Really, I I, I know him, but uh, yeah, I just said get better. That's all. Yeah. So have you had a? Has this been reversed for you? Like have you had to bail out on a week somewhere I've or a never... night or. Um, God. Oh, I've had horrible luck with helium in Philadelphia. There have been two times in a row of going there. <laughs> Actually, the second time was my fault. I was in a crazy relationship, which led to me uh, not looking at the calendar and not knowing <laughs> that, hey, you should make get ready for that airplane ride tomorrow. Oh, no. Yeah, the first time was totally the airline. It was the airline's fault. The second time that I showed up a day late, it was because I was in a crazy relationship, and uh, I, I lost management because of that. Oh no! Oh, it was a bad deal. It was a bad deal. Yeah. Yikes! Yeah, I, I had to get my life in, in, under control after that one. But both times, I've never—it's never happened to me other than that one club, Helium in Philadelphia. Did you end up going late? Yeah. 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 I remember getting a phone call from the guy that books the place who. I used to be pretty good friends with. Uh, yeah, he was saying, uh, if, uh, yeah, I'm going to give them a call, and if they say fuck the week, I say fuck the week too. So, But it turns out they said, yeah, okay, he can come back, but in their minds they're like, we'll never have him back. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I've never been back to Philadelphia, uh, Helium. Even though I, I worked the first week there ever they were ever open. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it was a sad time for me. <laughs> well, think but, about this. Yep. Wouldn't it be great if you were booked there this weekend? Oh man! I mean, it? you know, Acme obviously is the uh, the best, but uh, right, there'd be a good time to be in Philly this weekend. Oh, unless you were to say like I'm from Minneapolis and go Vikings, that that, that might not be good. I, Do, you know, you wouldn't deliver jokes in a Case Keenum jersey. Oh my God, they would be so furious. Actually, I've seen that there's actually things in the newspaper about Minnesota people need to beware. I, yes. Yeah, because Philadelphia fans are very mean, apparently. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hearing that, too. They're, uh, the Vikes, obviously, people listening to this, they know Vikings are playing in Philadelphia <laughs> this Sunday, NFC Championship. And I've seen that same thing. They're, uh, the uh, local experts in Philly are saying, like, uh, you know, if the Vikings win, take your jersey off on the way out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's what they're saying? I didn't yes. read the article. Wow. Yes. Take your jersey off on the way to your hotel or the, on your way if to you're, the- If the Vikings win. <laughs> Don't be seen as a Vikings fan on the way out. Goodness, gosh! I mean, God, yeah. There's not going to be people if you get drunk and you're in the heat of the moment. You're not going to go, "Hey, I hate you, Bob." But I suppose you guys have never won a Super Bowl, and 
Yeah, maybe it is better than you guys in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they have sympathy for our uh, no. lose, uh, decades of losing. No, probably not. Hey, you know what? We had Carson Wentz and things didn't work out. It's your year. That's fine. That's totally fine. Yeah, it's, it's really tense right now. Like, I was so scared. Like, I was at this bar called The Wild Onion in uh, St. Paul. Oh, yeah. And um, I was there watching the second half of the game. And uh, when, the, when the Saints were just about to kick the field goal, which I knew that they were going to get, I, I left the bar in a rage. I paid my tab, and I was, like, huffing and puffing all the way home, which was only, like, five blocks from there. But I was just mad. I, I wrote – I was just about to post it on – on Facebook, and in my drunken mind at the time, I was like, "This is a this is a contract to myself." Like, I wrote, "I I quit sports. I'm never going to care again. Uh-huh. This is stupid to care about this type of thing." And and I was just about to, and I thought, "I'm not going to push sin until the end of the game." And then I got home just in time to hear the, the last play of the game. Yeah, and then my phone started blowing up with all my friends that know I'm a Vikings fan. Like, <laughs> congratulations! And uh, yeah, so I don't quit sports. Uh, friends from like out of town, out of state? Well, all my Tulsa friends, yeah. all my friends from the road. Yeah, I'm, you know, those types of friends. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was neat, but um, I didn't get to see it when it happened. Well, me neither. You didn't? Why? Uh, well, this is I am on. <laughs> I'm on such an amazing streak. So I think you know. I work at you know at the stadiums as a beer man. Mm-hmm. You know the yep. used to, used to work at the Metrodome. I do uh, some some Twins games. I do all every Vikings. It worked every Vikings game this year. I was there Sunday. I also work every Wild game. Okay. Sunday, Vikings played. Then the Wild played at seven o'clock. Oh my god! Three. It was originally a six o'clock game. They bumped bumped it back an hour to sort of accommodate uh, Vikings fans. Yeah. So I went over, worked the game. Uh, normally beer sale, I sell beer. Normally beer sales end at the end of the third quarter. I stopped with like five minutes left in the third quarter. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at the real, the real clock thinking, I got to get to St. Paul. So I, uh, I checked out, uh, got to my car, drove to St. Paul, obviously listened to what was going on in the game the whole drive over. Yeah. I park on the street in St. Paul about, let's say, like a mile from the stadium. So I got about that far to walk to get in and i'm uh walking i'm going down west 7th and i'm every time i get by a, uh, a bar i'm looking in the window to see if there's any updates yeah people coming out of the bar talking about what's going on i'm at the intersection across the street from the xl and, it, <laughs> and people are just like oh son of a fucking uh, uh. this guy's like murmuring about the vikings curse uh, yeah the game had not ended yet it was still yeah. going on but somebody's like, oh, did they? So anybody know what's going on? The guy's like, yeah, the Saints are lining up for a field goal. Fucking Vikings curse. Yeah. I get into the stadium, and you've probably seen the videos they posted of the thousands standing in the concourse at the XL before the game, watching it up on the big screen. Oh, wow. I stand there for a second, see a play. I go downstairs at the XL to where our locker room is, and there's another TV down there. Yeah. And at this point, there's, what, 20 seconds left or something? Or 14 seconds left. I think it was Case tw- Keenum. 12. Th- yeah, Case Keenum. I watch him throw an incomplete <laughs> pass, and I go, ah, fuck this. Yeah. And I, and I turn from the TV and start walking away. Kevin Gorg, who does, you know, he's like a yeah, sideline guy Gorg is, yeah. for, you know, Fox Sports yeah, he's North. he's the hundreds? <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he walks by me at that time. Because he's going up to work the, you know, the do the sideline stuff for the hockey game. Yeah. And uh, I say to him, I go, nothing like show, rushing over here to show up to work to 18,000 or to 19,000 depressed fans. And he goes, well, I don't think there'll be that many. I go into the locker room. 30 seconds later, I hear the biggest cheer I've ever heard in my <laughs> life. In my life. That's what happened. I was taking my pants off, changing clothes when they won the game. Oh, my God. Yeah. But that goes. Uh, but something like similar to this happened in 1991. It was the first year I ever worked at the Metrodome. Yeah, I worked the championship, the Twins championship series against the Blue Jays. Oh, 91. Yeah. Yeah. Then I worked the World Series against the Braves. Game seven. You were there at the Metrodome. Yeah. Tenth inning. I'm checked out. I'm done working. My buddy and I worked there together. We're standing in one of the uh, stairwells, yeah. right behind home plate, watching the game. Wow. And a deck manager comes up. And goes, come on, guys. You know you can't be up here. You got to get downstairs. 
and we're like, I d- dude, it's game seven. This is it. <laughs> like it might, it could end in a- the next pitch. It could end. Come on, guys, and and uh, escorted us downstairs to our locker room. Oh, same please. deal. Same deal. Within thirty seconds. And the Twins are world champions. Didn't see it till I got home that night. Oh, Just good like, for you for like, <laughs> supporting the rules, guy. Like mother wow. fuck. So I've been at, so I've attended some of the biggest sporting events in Minnesota <laughs> but history, but not seen them. Yeah, but not seen them. God. Yeah, yeah. It was so frustrating because I heard I like in St. Paul where I live, no one celebrates at all. <laughs> I was shouting out the window. My voice isn't all the way there right now because of it. And nobody did anything. This is a vacant street outside. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a quiet town. I'm it a St. Paul guy too. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a fan. I can't wait to move back to Minneapolis. Are you so. uh did you have you got any Vikings games this year? Did you go no, this year? No, well I went to No, I didn't go to any this year. No, I didn't. I went to I went to one last year. I went to the I went to the second. I went, yeah, the second preseason game. Okay, so you've been in the new stadium. I haven't been in the stadium, but I have not. I have not spent a lot of time there now. Right on. No. Right on. Are you? Um, do you even do you care that the Super Bowl's here? Absolutely. Yeah. No? Yeah. I I can't wait. I I think it's going to be incredible. Like if the Vikings are God, I just can't. I was so ex- excited about. I'm just, you know I'm really excited about. If they win on Sunday, I'm excited about the idea of two weeks of the the. It's going to be here, yeah. you know, like that's going to be so much fun. Not only is our team going to be in the Super Bowl, but it's going to be right here, and we're going to be able to come downtown in our own town and be able to see it. Like that's going to be incredible. Yeah, once in a lifetime situation. I got to think, but yeah, for sure. Let's not get too excited about that now. I know, you know? we uh, Kostaki. Economopolis was here last week. You know, he's a big football fan. Yep. He's like, he does a football podcast. You know? Does he really? Okay. Yeah, quick snap. Um, and I was, he and I had the conversation. Like, it's, you, I have to remind myself to enjoy the ride. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, because it's very easy to just go, what if this happens? And what if that happens? Yeah, it's really, it's nerve wracking, is what it is. God, it's so nerve wracking. Like, the, I mean, I was for some reason. I'm so much more. Ner- I was so much more nervous this time last week than I am this week. Even though we have an out of town game this week. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? It is strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, because I they're a very too. good team. Yeah. I mean, they're with the second round, second string quarterback. But I don't look at Case Keenum as a second string quarterback. Not anymore. At all not at all. I mean, whereas their guy took over what two games ago, three games ago, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I don't. I think I think we're a better team, but I don't know. Yeah, I made the joke after his. I think it was Case Keenum's second week um, starting for the Vikings. I wrote on Twitter. I just said, "Who's starting Case Keenum in fantasy football this week?" Thinking like, you know, the, tw- the Vikings are fucked, and yeah. you know, uh, just making a joke out of it. Well, within like four weeks after that, he was the starting quarterback on my fantasy football team because yeah. he had such a good year. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, and he's yeah. There was a – what's the guy's name? The guy that just got the head coaching job um, that, who's been an analyst for years now. Oh, John Gruden? John Gruden used to have that show. I saw this clip on Twitter recently of of him uh, talking about him, like, doing the, the episode with mm-hmm. Case Keenum. Yeah. And he – it was like a – you watch it. It's like a prophecy. He goes, <laughs> he goes like, one day, you know what? Somebody's going to give you a chance. And I and just may, be sure you make the most of it. You know, like, yeah, that's true. He he got the chance, and so he did. Yeah, what does Gruden think we're going to win? <laughs> does he have know. a prediction for that? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. How deep do we go into his yeah. knowledge? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, let's go. Let's talk about you now in the comedy that I witnessed last night. Okay. First of all, very fun. Thank you. Very fun show. Thank you. You're as crazy as ever on stage. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> How, uh, let's see, and then Mike Early's working this week, and then Greg Coleman. Yeah, yeah. Mike Early has been a guy, like, anytime I have a gig outside of town and I need an open opener, I always take Mike Early with oh, me. Oh, you do? Oh, I've always, like, I've been a big fan of Mike Early for a while now. Just, he's, 
fearless and he works hard. That, you're right. Fearless is a good word. It really him. is. Like I, I like how that guy. Like there, there's such a. I know it's so cliche to say, but there, there's such a PC thing going on right now. Like he. He's he's very fearless in like going against the grain on Absolutely. that. It's really fun to watch him talk like some of the stuff that he does. And, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, he's he's really great. And of course, Greg. I mean, God, Greg. If, if I mean, I think <laughs> I think me and Cy and Tim Harmston, everybody. I think we're all everybody. Anybody with a brain has has. Uh, has their money set on him. If there's going to be a celebrity, the next celebrity to come out of Minneapolis, yeah. it's going to be Greg Coleman if there's going to be a celebrity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can totally so, see that. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that guy's got charisma. He's hilarious and, you know, fearless. And My wife didn't know he was on the uh, on the bill last night, and when he came out, she was like, oh, yeah, like yeah. album music. Greg Coleman, <laughs> Greg Coleman. Greg Coleman's great, yeah. And a real, just a super nice guy, too. It's always nice to work with people that – People that you can joke around with and you don't take things too seriously and stuff like that. And to tie uh, things back into the Vikings, of course, his father mm-hmm. does the uh, sideline reporting for the radio. And if you're going to bring it up, I was going to say another reason I think he, he's destined for fame is pedigree. You know, yeah. For sure. He, know, he knows what it's like to – I think a lot of people in comedy, I mean, me included, like anytime someone would tell me when I was a, when I was a kid, you know, like 25 years old – Anytime when I, I would hear that, like, hey, you got it, kid, you know, it would scare me to death. Like, yeah. I don't think it scares Greg. I don't think it because I think he's been he, around it. He's been around it so long. He's yeah. seen what it's like when people to see nationwide exposure. And I don't think it freaks him out. You know, whereas I think regular, <laughs> regular people, I think <laughs> I think it kind of does. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, that is a compliment to him. Right. 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 You know, um, yeah. Did you see that uh, when Stefan Diggs, you know, caught the touchdown pass mm-hmm. and then everybody in the sideline was going, go, 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 and like pointing <laughs> toward the end zone? Greg's dad is was on the cover of was USA really? Today. He was the one pointing? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness he pointed the correct direction. <laughs> I, did, <laughs> I, did a, I did a church not long ago, uh, about a year ago, um, just out of, outside of town. I did this church men's men's retreat thing i don't know if it was a retreat but it was a it was a men's all all guys in the show and, and uh right before the show greg coleman comes up and uh, i go hey i know your son you know oh okay yeah he goes to that church so oh right on. yeah it was really neat to meet him but uh they yeah. end up having wait i gotta so they end up having comedy at these retreats i'm i'm not a churchgoer right but i uh my ex-wife is mm-hmm. and and my kids are right so the weekends I have the kids, I will take them to Sunday school, right? Okay. Drop them off, pick them up. Now I don't have to drive in to pick them up anymore. Uh, but I used to have to, you know, walk in to the Sunday school and get them. And there was a streak of like three weeks in a row where I was getting stopped by guys that are members of that church, going, "Hey, uh, don't recognize you. You uh, are you a member here? No, no, no. no. My kids go to." Oh, uh, are you are you interested in joining our uh, men's group? You know, we do these. I'm like, I what 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 are you Ugh. what? Yeah, are you interested in joining? We we get together and we talk about God and we do like I uh, I, I just think uh, I, if they would have said that there's stand up comedy by Isaac Witty. <laughs> I'd be like, you See, know, it doesn't sound bad. I come from that world, right? And I, I understand. I understand where they're coming from. Okay, but I think, gosh, because they're told. They're told on a weekly basis, like you got to get out there, you got to be bold, you got to like spread the gospel and stuff like that. And they, they don't want to do that type of thing okay. naturally, because who would want to do that? But they think that they're doing the right thing because they're told to do it. And um, yeah, it's a, it's it's just a miscommunication thing in the in the body of Christ. <laughs> and uh, the one yeah. guy had a business card and everything. Like, here's the phone number, here's the website. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I I visited Tulsa recently, and and um, mom and dad are still there. Yeah, yeah. And my sister is department head at one of the best, biggest churches in the nation, and um, um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Like when you when you get because I was raised around it. Right. I went to church every Sunday and every Wednesday night from the time of birth until twenty four, something like that, twenty five. Something like that. And um, 
thinking back how the church was then mm-hmm. and then taking a break from it for, you know, 10 years mm-hmm. at least. And now I only go like every Christmas. Mm-hmm. And um, taking that break, it really, it makes you go like, man, church has changed so much over the years. It used to be, it used to be so in your face. Like if you don't do this, you're going to hell. You know, like it was like that. It was like turn or burn, you know, that okay. ty- it was that type of message. Okay. Now it's kind of like, now it's so radically different. It's just like, I, it, God, the Pope just came out and said, like, gay people, uh, you don't even really have to be a Christian to go to heaven. Like, anything. Can, That's a change. I, I only say gay people because the, the Bible happens to say no and effeminate will inherit the kingdom of God, which, which is something that I, it's my main argument with Christians now. Yep. You know, because in my opinion, I, I always say to them, like, hey, like, you guys, I'm, I, no offense, but I, I was raised around what you're talking about, but you don't have a leg to stand on. Correct. You're, you really don't. You don't have a leg to stand on. I, I, I say that just to make my, my, my stance clear on that. But, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's, I, the way that they've gone from the way they used to be to the point where they are now, like, even the church I grew up in is, like, it's so, like... Hey, just hang out, man. You know, it's not, it's so laid back. It makes you go like, God, in a hundred years, we're not going to be able to see it, but the church is going to be so, it's not even going to be recognizable from what it used to be. It's going to be so different. Along those lines, have you, because there are, uh, you know, like my kid, like I said, I don't attend the church. Sure. Um, but I do go, like when my kids are, you know, they're doing like the church choir or something and they're going to sing during the service. Mm-hmm. Then I make a point to go watch them, and I'll yeah, sit, you know sit through the whole service for sure. their five minutes of singing. Whatever yeah. it is, what it is, it's fine. Um, the thing that I've noticed, and I wonder if you've noticed this too, is uh, about the. And this kind of goes in with the, how laid back it is now. People wear like shorts, yeah. and slippers, not slippers, but sandals. Yeah, I re- I couldn't go to church when I was a kid without dress shoes, dress socks, dress pants, a button up shirt. Mm-hmm. Now well, that, it's like that, Viking sweatshirt. That was heavily dependent upon what denomination you would, you were a part of. You were probably Lutheran up here, Correct. right? Yep. Yeah, Lutheran was dress up. I'm, I was part of non-denominational, tongue talking, but we don't we don't dance. You know that type of thing. It's like it's like Pentecostal light kind okay. of thing. Like, um, but it was back then. It was. You know, Wednesday night, it'd be okay to wear sweatpants. <laughs> okay. Sunday, you know, it's shorts as long as they're, you know, dress shorts. Oh, they, okay. It was okay. But, you know, but yeah, I, I, I'm i totally with you on that. As the years went by, I remember like, wow, I'm getting away with wearing jeans. Wow. Jeans, yes. I, I should have said that. Jeans. Absolutely, yeah. I, oh, my God. Yeah. I could never wear jeans. Yeah, now now you look around church. Like, people, it, it is come as you are. We don't judge anybody. Uh-uh. Like, we, we're just trying to trying to do what's best for you. If that's what makes you comfortable, you know. that It's it's not what it was. In the, like, I, you, just wish, you just wish that you could <laughs> – these kids that want to talk about the – the millennials that want to talk about how judgmental and mean people are today. You want to go, you don't even know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Let me grab you and put this, put you in this time machine 20 years ago. This is what we were around in. Yeah. Like, are you serious? Uh-huh. Shut up. You know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, but uh, you know what? Every generation has always wanted to do that. You know, I suppose our, our parents, when we would say how mean they were, they wanted to put us in a time machine and show us like how it was perfectly acceptable to slap somebody else's kid, you know? Yeah, yeah. It that's was true. back then, yeah. So thank God it's not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, it just makes you like what what's it gonna do eventually? Like what what's gonna happen? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm. Um I so I took some notes. At the while I was watching your show last night, yeah. which I always am like, God, I hope I don't distract anybody by writing down a couple things here, <laughs> because I got called out once. Nick DiPaolo saw me doing it once. Well, he probably thought you were a comedian trying to steal his jokes. I think something. so. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, Nick, this is during the show, <laughs> Isaac, and I'm and I'm sitting, you know, uh, five five yeah. six feet from the stage. I'm like, no, 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 Nick, I'm. I'm I'm talking to you tomorrow on the podcast. I'm just taking some notes about what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. I don't want this attention. I don't want to be part of the show. I'm here to watch it, just like everybody else. So anyway, I took a few notes while you were right? talking. Right? Yeah. And, um, yeah. 
Uh, let's see here. You talked about uh, so you're a long way. You mentioned the waiting tables. You're a long way from that. You know, when's the last time you waited tables? I waited tables. Um, God, five. Well, see, like I always, I kind of liked doing. It. I, I I haven't waited tables in about three years, something like that. But I enjoyed doing it for. See, like I I didn't have a regular job for the longest time, and then the. Looking back on probably your life, too, like everyone can look back on this. Like around 08, when the economy crashed, everything changed. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> like you couldn't just be – I, anyway, I couldn't just be a comedian anymore. You know, I had to have a part-time job. Uh, let me just quickly say the thing I used to say at the radio – when I worked in radio, because mm -hmm. I was in radio at the time. Yep. Working on the – at the time, the number one morning show in the Twin Cities. and do, sure. was doing really well. I didn't get paid that well. And I used to say, like, when I'd ask for more money, I'd be like, look, I can't afford to work here. Mm -hmm. I got to have this part-time job, this part-time job, this part-time job. I can't yeah. afford to work here. A yeah. full-time job, I can't afford to work here. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I really did. I used to – it makes me – like, I, I don't even know what happened, really. Like, I don't understand. Like, I know that from, from like, 2002 to 2008 – I paid my bills just fine mm -hmm. with just comedy, and that's all I had, and it was fine. I never had any problem with it. And then when 08 hit, it was like, my lord, like I, I had that two, two year period where I tried to pretend like I didn't need a job, like things are just the same as they always <laughs> were. And then in 2010, I had to just go, well, this is how I, this is, I guess, the guy I am now. And uh, I, I had a job. I've, I've like had a regular job. Most of the last, you know, 10 years, mm -hmm. something like that, eight years, something like that. So, yeah, it's I mean, I admire those that haven't had to. But really, I've never been one of those go getter types like I'm going to build my website. I'm going to build my fan base. I just, it's really hard for me to care about things like that. Why? I it, you just don't know. I just I just hate it so much. And I, I also detest anyone that does care greatly about it and, like, <laughs> and likes and likes to talk about like. So how do you build your fan base? How do you what? What's your website like? What? I hate it. I can't. I got nothing in common with those people. I got. I got. I don't know how to talk to them. I want to. Let's remind people you didn't go to business school. No. No. Not at all. No. No. I wish I did. I wish I had that thing in me that made me want to like take things to the next level. But I may people. There's comics out there that take they, they like to make an act out of being a slacker. I'm the real thing. Like I, <laughs> I'm the real. Th I don't know how to care about things like that. When I, when I try, it just makes me bored. Yeah. So I, I wish I, I could be that type of guy, but I can't. I can't. But um, yeah, it's nice when um. I don't know. It's nice when things work out, but you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's just, I, I feel like there's so many the the way uh, there's so many comics today. Gabe always says this, and I think Gabe Gabe Noah, a good friend of mine, comic, good friend of mine. Yep. He he always says this, and I think there's a lot of truth to it. There, up until about five years ago, stand-up comedy used to be a haven for like weirdos and like um, people who didn't fit in in society, and you know, like the outcasts and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, for some reason, I don't know if it was Last Comic Standing or something like that, the, a bunch of normal people started coming in. And they brought their normal people rules with them, you know? And they, they, they're they really good at spreadsheets and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. And they know how to, like, build a fan base. And they care about building an image. And it just makes me, it makes my head spin. Like, what are you, you're not a comedian. You're not a... You just you just know the formula yeah, of yeah. how to write a joke, and you happen to be egotistical enough to stand up in front of people, <laughs> you know. And um, I've always felt like I don't know I I don't know I that's not before five years ago that's not how it was. It was completely it was like people that hated themselves were in stand up comedy and and they couldn't like like me and I take pride in that I hate myself and like all my friends hate my hate themselves <laughs> right. And um, that's that's what a comedian used to always be, and now there's all these normal people. So it's just uh, kind of – it makes me look weirder. Now. 
Whereas I used to. You know to... what, though? Maybe that's not a bad thing for Maybe when not. you come out and you're different than everybody else. Yeah. Because yeah. you are, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel different. I feel like sometimes, I feel like now more than ever, if it, it takes a second for, it takes a minute or two for people to um, get used to my style. I believe, yeah. Uh huh. Because I, I'm not, I'm not like most comics, and I, I don't, I like that. You good, know. good, mm-hmm. good. I'm happy to hear you say that. And yeah. and you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There. Yeah, moving to LA, I think that that's what really, that really show. New, moving to New York showed me that more than ever. Like, you see these these comics that are, yeah, they're funny, but they're they're funny, but their funniness is secondary to um how good they are at. <laughs> looking at a room of full of people and knowing that's the person I need to impress, uh-huh. you know, and that has never been something that I've naturally been interested in. Okay, I've always been interested in being at a. This is a really weird thing about me. When I've gone to a party, I just want to have fun, you know. Whereas in, in New York and L.A., <laughs> that's not at all the objective. Apparently, the objective is to find the most powerful person and impress them. I see. And I, I, yeah, that's something that. Being in a room full of people like that on a regular basis, it's just baffling. It's just really, really strange, even to this day. I have a, uh, I have a friend that works in uh, – he still works in radio and entertainment. Yeah. And not just radio, but just some other stuff too. He was trying to give me some advice and give me a little kick in the pants recently, and he told me that I need to be more social. Mm-hmm. Do you think that advice would work for you as well? I think so, but – Ever since I turned 40, all I want to do is go home and go to bed. You know? <laughs> have, you, have you? Are you 40? Yeah. Have you, did you experience that at 40? Uh, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I, maybe a little before, but I, I'm there now. Yeah. I really hate it. I hate it. But I also much. have a wife and two kids. Yeah, that's so. very true. Yeah. yeah. I definitely want to just go home. Man. <laughs> I mean, people say, like, I'll, I'll go to an open mic now, and they'll go, where have you, where have you been? I'll go, like, ah, oh, just. <laughs> to home mm-hmm. like because god i i always i always hated the idea of becoming um i don't know you really do have to fight nature at some point because yeah it really does make, like everything in me wants to go home and go to bed at, at nine o'clock how about new year's did you work at new year's i worked new year's and yep. that's a thing because I've been that's been coming up. I've been uh, curious about that in the last month or so. I'm getting different opinions on people that were here. Some are like, "There's no way I'm working a New Year's ever again. I did it. They sucked. I want to take that time to party with my friends." Then others are like, "It's a great paycheck. I try to get one every year." I've always seen it as I've I've I feel like that's one of the things that I figured out a long time ago, and I'm somehow that's one of the few things that i came out on top on like i i said starting 10 years ago i said for new year's eve i want to either work with friends and be able to have a good time yeah and who cares if the money's great or i want to make really good money yeah and uh i've 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 stayed fast with that good and um most most years I've got to this year I worked with a friend. I didn't make great money. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, most years I've been able to have either both or make really good money. Yeah. Whereas yeah, these people that are I just think New Year's Eve is such an empty thing anyway. Like no, no matter how you slice it, you can't you can't build it up and go like it's going to be this magical thing because it never is what you think it's going to be. Sure. And one of the reasons why I brought that up is because um, I'm not a comic, so I didn't have to work that. I didn't have the option. Mm-hmm. Uh, I stayed home. I also didn't go to a party. I didn't do right. jack shit. I right. stayed home. Right. And I, w- I have no regrets. <laughs> I thought that I, <laughs> I thought that I was going to go out and party the, that night, but. I stayed after the show. Me and Gabe stayed after the show for, I don't know, an hour. We were there till one. And really, honestly, the only reason we stayed that long was because we felt like we're, we were in his hometown, Detroit Lake. So we felt like oh, yeah. we, we felt like we needed to stay there. And oh, I didn't want to pull him away from his friends that he was chatting with. Right, right. But he was totally fine with leaving at one o'clock in the morning. And that was, I went right to bed. <laughs> I, I mean, coming. I mean, coming from a guy who spent ten years of his life as a huge 
pretty not huge. I mean, varying degrees of cokehead. Um, I, <laughs> I've. It's really <laughs> weird for me to be in bed at one o'clock sure. in the morning. Like I, New Year's Eve is like. Well, of course, I'm going to stay up all night. Yeah. Definitely. Why? Somebody's going to have Coke if you don't. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And I'm going to have Coke. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm going to buy $300 worth, and I'm going to hoard it all to myself. And um, I'm going to feel miserable tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> the worst, worst New Year's Day ever was uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. <clears throat> I made really good money, and I got to work with friends. And I won't say their names because they probably don't want to be associated with okay. this story. But it was... um. It was New Year's Eve. It was probably like, this was probably six years ago, seven years. No, it was probably, man, maybe longer than that. It was like 09, something like that. I remember Sioux Falls. We worked nitwits in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And my friends drove from here down to Sioux Falls. And, like, we already had a ton of ton of drugs. They brought more drugs. And then... We're there. We are in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Six dudes in a two-bedroom condo Yay. with more drugs than you could need <laughs> for three days. You know, I mean, it was it was the only time I'd ever seen someone do a line and then it all falls back out of their nose. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> it was, we actually that night we were so coked up that we thought it was a one of the one of my friends had nair mm-hmm. and uh we thought it would be funny to spray nair all over his back and take all he was a really hairy guy too mm-hmm. and get all the hair off his back <laughs> and all it did was just make him completely miserable the next day <laughs> i mean that was the worst New Year's Day for him because he had a rash all over the back, uh-huh. all over his back because of that nair. <laughs> like, what a lame coke night in <laughs> retrospect, like, compared to rock stars and stuff. It would have been great if you, would, like, somehow would have got arrested later that night and, like, <laughs> yeah. having to tell that story in the... <laughs> what are you in for? Oh, man, the nair got oh, out of control. Man. Oh, God, we all have hairless backs, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. The uh, the other thing I want to bring up that you mentioned last night. Now I don't I don't know how much you want to say because you're doing it on stage, but you mentioned opening for Amy Schumer. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it didn't go too well. Oh yeah, that was a it was a horrific horrific situation. Like I, I remember I was sitting I was sitting having lunch at this place, and I saw on the internet just messing around on my phone. I saw oh Amy's gonna be in town. In two weeks, or maybe like a week, actually. It was only a week away. And I was sitting there, and I I thought, well, I haven't communicated with her in a long time. But we honestly j- really did. I mean, she would have tested. <laughs> we, we used to be really good friends. Like, we, we worked, uh, we were in this festival called the Piccolo Spoleto Festival okay. years ago in Charleston, South Carolina. And it was pretty much like we lived together for a month one time. And, uh, like, she, we always, she was, I always just said, like, as far as, I don't know. I it does. I don't mean this as sexist at all. But mo- most of the time, girls have a hard time playing along. Like with any joke, you. It did not matter what, how crude the joke was, how how outlandish the thing we were joking about. Mm-hmm. Amy, I always loved Amy because you could play anything with her. She's gonna play along, and she would add, and she's so funny to joke around with. Like she's so funny, and. um that's why I just, I, and, uh, but we used to be really good friends. That's what I'm getting at. Yep. Anyway, I texted her having not communicated with her for a long time. And then she was like, Hey, you want to do a set at my show? And I was like, sure. And then I got a text message to me and to her tour manager or whatever saying, uh, Isaac Whitty is a Minneapolis comic and he is going to be doing a set at our show in Minneapolis. He, he's to be paid $1,000. I was like, sweet. Mm-hmm. I'm not even. I'm not even emceeing. I'm just doing a set at this show at the Target Center, and I'm going to get paid a thousand dollars. So then, about three days later, I hear I get an email from her tour manager, or whoever it is. It's just incredible, like how knowing her back when she was a nobody to like, oh, she has a team of people that yeah. <laughs> work for her. Uh-huh. <laughs> like. That's it's be awesome. It's really cool to see that for her. But then, so then she, 
Then I'm getting emails from the team of people, the army of people that work for her. Sure. And uh, they're saying, like, oh, it turns out that uh, her regular opener isn't able to make it, so you're just going to be the regular MC. I'm like, nice, you know? And um, I didn't realize all this time, like, really, <laughs> I think I said, God, did I say it? No, that's right. So, yeah, I went down, went down to Target Center the day of, which was the day that Prince died, by the way. The day, <laughs> so it's a really weird day. The day Prince died was the day that I also had a pretty, pretty weird day. Yeah, you couldn't. Uh, and going down to Target Center, you couldn't avoid people mourning because right. everybody's doing it outside First Avenue, which right. is across the street. Yeah. So I walked. I walked down to Target Center. They told me I could do a mic check, and I was like, I know it's stupid, but I kind of just want to see what my voice sounds in a ten thousand seat venue you yeah know? so i go down there just to say check 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 hello hello okay that's what i sound like okay bye and um i was like you know feeling like then i called kermit appeal who opens <laughs> for brian regan all the time oh yeah good and i was like okay to. so how what should i expect and he gave me all these pointers he's like he's like believe me they're gonna be with you like blah 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 which my experience had always been like that being that i'd i'd open you know i've i've done 5,000 seat venue, 3,000 seat venues, like state theater, sure. stuff like that, opening for cool shows, you know. Um, but I'd never done an arena where they play basketball games, you know. Right. And uh, so Kermit Apio was like, just be aware, like sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they're going to be looking over you and don't let that throw you off because they're just looking at the, at the monitor behind you. And I'm like, okay, okay. good advice. Thank you very much. Yeah. And uh, don't let the booming voice or the echoing voice bother you. Just expect that. I'm like, okay, thank you for telling me that. Right, right. But and then right before I go on, I said to I said to Amy, and screw you, Amy. You didn't know what you were talking about. Amy, Amy, like, there's no way that she could know what it's like to open for a show. Like, I love her, but her advice was not correct at all. Okay. Her advice was just treat it like a regular club show, <laughs> which is which you can't. No. No, no. And I, I didn't really fully take I, I took into consideration, wait a minute, you're the person that people are coming to see. You know, like, you know, but at the same time, there was it wasn't even close to that. As soon as I got on stage, I realized, oh, no one is paying attention. Oh no. <laughs> At all. Oh, no. At all. Like from from moment one, it's like it's like I get introduced and you can hear you know, times 10,000, you know, they're all talking. No one's listening. Yeah. And you can't blame them. Yeah. I'm like, not blaming them. I'm just saying I didn't realize it would be to that extent not giving a shit. Unfortunately, some of those people were talking to their friend next to them going, who the fuck is yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, and then that the person time. went, I have no idea. And I, I don't blame and them then for they that checked out. Yeah. No, no, I'm not saying I blame the crowd at all. I, I blame myself for not. I, you know what I should have done, and it's not even in me to be this, but I should have tried to be like, "Who's here to have a good time?" Uh, you know, I should have been a cheerleader. Yeah, that, that's what I should have done, and I did not. That would have sucked him in at first. I, I did not. Yeah. That would have been uh, that would have been a much, much, much better idea than just launching into my act. Of course, in Amy's defense, she probably thought that I would have had enough sense to have known such a thing. <laughs> but I didn't know that. I walked in there completely idiotic. And you know what? It really was sad to say, like, it was a... It was crushing. It was crushing. Oh. It was so incredible. That's why I feel like talking about it on stage, even though it's probably not my biggest laugh of the night, I, I just really... <laughs> I just really – it's therapeutic for me to sure. talk about it and be open about it because it hurt oh. so much. It hurt my ego so much to be treated that way by so many people. It was an awful, awful oh, experience. Man. It was so bad. Like, no matter how you how, how bad a set any comics ever had, how bad a set uh, personally I'd ever had, it was – by far a hundred times worse than that. And it was like, I felt, I felt like people either hated me or even worse felt sorry for me. <laughs> it's the worst feeling when people feel sorry for you when you're on stage. Yeah. And then, you know, it's even worse. Like the worst, I would say the worst thing that someone can do to you when you're doing bad on stage is the fake demeaning laugh. Like, and there was a lot of that going on. Oh no. It was just, as bad as it possibly could be. 
and uh, I got through it. And uh, <laughs> now, now I try to talk about it on stage here and there. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I'm glad it's something that I can laugh about now because for about for about a month, all I did was just drink a lot. <laughs> so that's where the thousand went. I really, I really did. I really did. I really did just I, – I didn't do anything. I stayed at home as much as I possibly could. Because when I did go out, like I had a job uh, waiting uh, – man, did I have a waiting tables job at that time? Maybe it was two years ago. I don't know. But I remember being at, at work and, like, people – I couldn't avoid people saying saying things about what they heard. Oh. You know, it was just awful for a month. It was truly, truly horrible. Um, sir, could you warm up my coffee? Oh, your coffee's cold? Well, I fucking bombed in front of 10,000 people. Get it yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's something That's something that my friends started telling me after a while. Like, you know, you, you don't have to bring up that you bombed in front of 10,000 people to every person you encounter. <laughs> I say put it on a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Own that. Yeah. Oh, man. That was pretty awful. I, um... Since I knew we were talking uh, today, I uh, something I like to do is I'll look up, I'll look up the uh, hometown news of my guest and see if there's any anything interesting. Mm. So I looked one up for Tulsa. Okay. Oh, Did you happen to look up the Tulsa news this morning? I have not. No, why, the Tulsa World. Yeah, why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, I think it is. It's <laughs> the Tulsa World. There's only I know that because there's only one newspaper. There used to be the there used to be the Tribune, but they went out of business. I uh, yeah. So let's see here. I'm gonna pull this up. Oh, okay. Here it is. So this is the this is hot off the press. Okay. Tulsa News. Okay. Tulsa World actually says it right Tulsa there. World. Tulsa World. Yep. I want your thoughts on this and how big of a news story this must be back in Tulsa, All right. your hometown. <laughs> <clears throat> a Dixie cup that the King of Rock and Roll reportedly drank from 62 years ago in downtown Tulsa is up for auction on eBay. Oh, wow, okay. A fan of Elvis Presley known only as June. He played at the Civic Center, I bet. He sna- uh, June snagged the cup uh, in April 1956, and an Elvis collector from North Carolina. Uh, June reportedly got the cup from the singer himself just before he left town for a show in Oklahoma City. Mm. As of yesterday afternoon, the high bid was $1,080. <laughs> it says Elvis performed April 18th. That was the day before uh, this cup was, was uh, had. At the Tulsa Fairgrounds Pavilion. Oh, the pavilion. You huh? performed there, huh? Yeah. Have you performed That's a the much pavilion? Better, no, I haven't. I'd love to someday. Really? The pavilion is right by the fairgrounds. That's a much better venue than the Civic Center. Okay. You know? I saw Candlestick perform there. All right. <laughs> in 1993, I'm around guessing? There, around there. No, it would have been 96. 96. 95, 96, around there. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, um, you know, it would have been 96 because I remember Candlestick, the lead singer, said, One more thing, don't vote for fucking Bob Dole. Oh! <laughs> yeah, rock the vote. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he also said, go uh, United States Olympic team, probably, too. <laughs> we had Olympics that year. <laughs> so there you go. Um, Elvis's Dixie Cup. Well, I mean, gosh. I mean, uh, it, I, I want to know, one, is it legitimately, was it legitimately drank? From Elvis. Oh, they're saying it is. They're yes. saying it was. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, thousand dollars. That's uh, yeah. It says uh, he stayed the night at an unknown downtown Tulsa hotel. He woke up the next morning, and I guess he had the breakfast and went uh, shopping for clothes. And that's when the cup was gotten. I have no idea if they did this correct English, but yeah, <laughs> when it was gotten, he da- he drank from the cup right before he left Tulsa to go to Oklahoma City. Well. If you really, you know what? That's kind of a Tulsa story, but in a way, if it's on eBay, that's a nationwide, that's a worldwide story mm-hmm. because we're talking somebody from China could buy that Dixie cup. Oh, I, it needs to stay in Tulsa, doesn't it? I believe so. <laughs> yeah, keep that Dixie cup in <laughs> in T Town. <laughs> doesn't the Chamber of Commerce need to put some money together? Keep it in town. I think so. Well, no, I'll tell you that right now. That's not going to happen because Tulsa people do not. They want to keep their taxes low. They want to keep their guns. Oh, okay. They want to keep their guns. They want to keep. That's a unique thing about Tulsa is, you know, all this stuff you always hear about, like the city is has a deficit. You know, that never happens in Tulsa, because if towards the end of the towards the end of the fiscal year, if they can't afford to turn the light, the city lights on, they shut them off. Oh, because we do not go over budget. Shut her down. We don't. And I. Th- like people make fun of, of you know, people from other states, but 
that's way smarter, yeah. I, in my opinion. Shut it down uh-huh. if you can't afford it. Like, yeah, there. Yeah, when you drive down the streets in Tulsa, you can't see a lot of stuff unless you get put the brights on. What really? You can't. Yeah, there's a lot of streets. They <laughs> shot. They shot the, the. There'll be a main street, and the the, the lights are off because they're over budget. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna implement this in my home uh, mm-hmm. in the winter when uh, the XL energy bill gets out of control. <laughs> uh, honey, we can't afford this for the rest of the month. We're shutting her down. <laughs> and they allow you to go over budget by not asking for the money until May. Oh uh, yeah, they, they sure will. do. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> I still don't have it. <laughs> um, what time do we have here? Oh, we should uh, let's do a little bit more here. I um. You don't have your hat on right now, but a lot of times I see you, including last night, you're wearing your twins hat. I, yeah, normally. Want to talk a little twins? Sure, yeah, yeah. Are you uh, are you more are you going to Twins Fest this weekend? That's this weekend. So you're not. I I never plan to go, but I normally go. Yeah. Wow. God. Yeah. I. You know. Okay. This is what we got to jump right to is Sano's sexual. Uh, that wasn't right here. It says Sano on my list yeah. here. I mean, this. God, I really hate how how this particular like a lot of times like with the James Franco thing, for instance. I think that sounds to me it's because no names have been been mentioned. That sound doesn't sound legitimate to me. Okay. Whereas this one, unfortunately, every sports writer in town says vouches for this girl. Like I, you can't help but go, shit. Yeah. He probably did it, and that sucks that he did that. He. But at the same time, what he did was terrible. He tried to yank a girl in the bathroom. He tried to force a kiss on her or something? Is that what they're yes. saying? And yeah, he tried to her? force a kiss on her. Like, he tried to – he grabbed her wrist, and she still – she claimed she still felt it the next day. That sucks. There should be some type of penalty. But you don't deserve to be kicked out of the league. You don't deserve to be – I mean – So right now, they're, it's like they're, uh, they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. Yeah. He's not. Twins Fest is a thing for people that don't know. Every year they bring back current former <coughs> players to big autograph signing, collectibles, and whatnot. They host. I think it's a Target Field right. now these days. And right. uh, no, like normally, like you know, Brian Dozier will be there, and uh, Michael Kadire will probably be there. Former twin. Yeah. Miguel Sano will Morneau, not be there. Morneau will probably. Oh, Sano is definitely not going to be there. Correct. Yeah, he, will he not. can't be. Yeah. Yeah. Which unfortunately sucks though that. <laughs> They actually have to pretty much force these players to come to Twins Fest. Probably. I've heard heard they have to really put the full-court press on him, which, because of these allegations against him, he gets to stay home, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's like the kids that got, like, suspended when you're in high school. Like, oh, wait, (laughs) so the bad student gets to stay home? Oh, that's going to help him finish this out. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that sucks. I, I really do think that with this whole... I mean, what's his name? The guy from, uh, the guy from, oh, Goodwill Hunting. I suck at names. Oh, Matt Damon? Matt Damon. What Matt Damon said, and what a shame that when someone comes out and makes a lot of sense, when someone like that comes out and makes a lot of sense, he's treated like he's sexist himself. And now he's having to say, I wish I would have listened more. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. He said something that made a lot of sense. He said, there needs to be, you can't treat them all like they're, completely assaulting correct some guys are just squeezing girls butts which also isn't right correct but you can't treat this the same as that Mm -hmm. that's all he said and he was shunned for it Mm -hmm. that's ridiculous and i'm not a celebrity so i'm allowed to make sense (laughs) publicly (laughs) so yeah there should be an appropriate um punishment for miguel sano but not extradition you know yeah extradition yeah you shouldn't be kicked out of the league that's what i'm saying yeah it's uh it's a weird thing you know and it, it when all this uh i mean it's true inevitably there's a new story that's going to hit you like what you know you might not have a connection to give a shit about uh, like james franco like oh he's in trouble he's not in trouble ah i don't yeah. care i care about a victim alleged victim whatever uh but then it hits like your twins fan it's like ah dude yeah yeah, it sucks. Hope you didn't do this. So stupid that. Yeah, and it sounds like he did. It really, it really does. You can't, you can't blame. Yeah, I tell you, that's a pretty unforeseen. Like, uh, let's just play it out. Let's say he doesn't get to play this year. 
boy, how could you predict that? Would be that? How could you predict that that would happen? You know, that would be horrible. That that would be a God. That would be really bad. That would, because that that's not fair to fans. I think it should just hurt his pocketbook. That's all it should do. Mm-hmm. I think, and it should it should be strong enough. But you're you're punishing fans for what he did if you're going to take him out for a whole for a whole season. You gonna go to uh, spring training at all? You going down to Florida? I did that two years ago. I had a blast. Right, but uh, no, I don't think I'm going this year. Do you go to that? You, I've I've been. It's been a long time. It is fun. It's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun going to those spring training games. Yeah, I I, I wish I could go. I, I had a I had a really me and Steve Gillespie got to. Uh, oh yeah. We got to work together at. This club down there that I don't think exists anymore. <laughs> during makes, spring training? During oh, spring you, training. You we booked actually, them during the, a trip. It was great. Like, we got to got a, get a paid trip down there. Like, oh. his, his parents lived down there. So okay. he got to see his mom and stepdad. And uh, we stayed the night at his, parent, his mom and stepdad's place one night. And, uh, yeah, it was really, really fun. Yeah. But I hope to go again someday. Did you uh the food down there is really good. Oh. <laughs> because you don't when they bring the seafood to you, you don't question how long it's been frozen. Oh. <laughs> the seafood is insanely good and the Mexican food and the Cuban food is really oh. really good. Never caught on to that. That yeah. sounds delicious. Yeah. Um let's see. I'm going to quickly go through my notes here. Is there anything else I wanted to mention that we should talk about? Uh, we should congratulate Derek Johnson, the manager here, who is a father oh, that's right. now. That's right. Yes. Is it a boy or a girl? I know he had a baby. A girl. He had a girl? Nice. Yes. Nice. Congratulations. So congrats to Derek, the manager here at Acme, who is a father <laughs> as of Monday. Lauren, his wife, used to work here as well. Um, let's see here. Is it okay for me to be a Houston Astros fan in addition to a Twins fan? Uh, yeah. And is it okay that my uh, fandom only goes back to, like, half of last season? <laughs> <laughs> I said at the beginning of last season, I, who's going to beat the Astros? Okay. I have some friends who, oh, man, I had a terrible moment with, with them. Like, I felt so bad about it, but I've, I've talked with them <laughs> since then. Okay. Do you remember that day that – um? do you remember that day that Byron Buxton, I think, I think he hit two home runs that day? And Correa was their guy, so we chose Buxton in the draft, yeah. and then they they had the next pick, and they chose Correa. Okay. So that day, so I comparing Buxton to Correa, I said I said to them, I texted, it's a girl and a guy. She's a comic, and it's and and her husband, they're both huge Astros fans. Okay. And I texted both of them. How did Correa do yesterday? Buxton hit two home runs. <laughs> and then they texted back, our house is flooded. We've lost everything. No! <laughs> and I, I mean, oh, my God. I, went, I, was, I was like, oh, shit. What an inappropriate text. And you're like, I bombed in front of 10,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I felt so bad about that. I go, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. And there's nothing else you can say. Oh, no. Because you know that they're like up in their ankles in water at the time. Yeah. Like, I, God, what a jerk I was! Yeah. I, I, I had not put the Astros together with Houston. I did, and I, I didn't know. Right, right. And I, on top of that, <laughs> on top of that, like I don't think any of us up here knew how extremely bad Houston was. You're talking about the hurricane. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't think any of us knew how extremely horrible that was <laughs> until five days after. I didn't anyway. Okay. Because who wa- who sits and watches the news all day long, you know? Like, True. Oh, I felt terrible about that. But, yeah, we, I've talked to them since then. That guy, he uh, his lifelong dream was to own a DeLorean. It was hilarious. Like, he, he, actually, <laughs> he actually owned a DeLorean and lost the DeLorean. In the flood. In the flood. So sad. Like, he, he had a picture of their little baby as, uh, as Doc. And he was, dre- for Halloween, yeah, yeah. He, he was, the little baby was Doc. And he was. Uh, Marty. Marty for Halloween. Yeah. It was, uh, DeLorean was great. For pictures, they lost the DeLorean. Ah, oh, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, the one, the other ones that are left over just went up in value. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, is there anything else we should be mentioning? 
Oh, you know what? Profession Confession is a podcast that I co-host a lot. Okay. With Gabe with Noah. Gabe, yeah. yeah if, if you guys haven't listened, you should. It's a, it's a, it's a podcast that we do. It's like involving jobs and involves sex or death. Um, or drugs or something like that. Like it's really fascinating to, to delve into the into the anonymous lives of these people that you know do these horrible jobs or interesting jobs that you've always wondered about. We've interviewed a lot of strippers, drug dealers, like people in the military, like paramedics, like interesting stuff. Like so, yeah, it's it 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 continues to be interesting because. You know, we're so interested while hearing about yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. That helps so, a lot. To yeah, do. it really. We're genuinely interested, and I, you should give it a shot. So for sure, I um, have you had anyone on that cleans up um, crime scenes? Yeah, there was. I wasn't in that episode, but yeah, he does have an episode where they they interview this girl. They her family owns a uh, a. Suicide, like if somebody commits suicide. I wonder if it's the same people I know. Yeah, because I got a buddy who's uh, works with family that does that. They say apparently the the most common place that people commit suicide is in bed. Oh, they want to be in bed as though they're going to sleep. Oh wow, you know, and it's uh, she talks about in detail like the particles that they have to clean up and like how the cost of things like that. It's really interesting stuff. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Not something I want to do firsthand. (laughs) No, no, No. I don't want to do it. I don't think I want to do it. It's sort of like your own version of dirty jobs. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes strippers, they have patrons that want, they want, um, they want, the patron wants them to fart on them. What? Yeah. Sometimes there's that. Yeah. Like in a strip club? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, While they're dancing? During the dance, yeah. <laughs> during the dance. <laughs> Will you fart on me? <laughs> what if I What if I bring a burrito next time, and then an hour later you come back? Uh, how long does it take? Yeah, there's stuff like that. Like strippers talk about... They talk about how often they get asked to come to the hotel, how oh, often they really do, which is pretty much 0% of the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. They get asked 100% and show up zero. zero. 100% of the nights they work, they get asked to go to a Has hotel to room. Has yeah. to be. Yeah. I've been the jerk that thought that the girl, she well, loved- she said she was going to come up. <laughs> well, she said she would. This wasn't like a normal. She was like legitimately... Sincerely yeah. interested in she me. She wasn't talking to me like she was the rest of these jerks. Like I, she was talking to me like a real person. Yeah. I mean, I gave her the money, but she probably wouldn't even. You know, if I wouldn't <laughs> have given it to her, she would have been fine. On the house, probably. Yeah. yeah, that was me all through my early twenties. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really did believe that stuff. Oh. <laughs> One time I worked the Atlanta Punchline. Uh huh. Yeah, and there there was a strip club directly across the parking lot from from the Atlanta Punchline. Oh, and the first night spot. we worked, I worked with Keith. I can't believe I remember, I remember this. Um, the headliner was Keevy Rogers. Does ring a bell at all? Mm-mm. Nice guy, funny guy. And to this day, he sees me and he goes, he goes, he calls me a sucker. Yeah, you look like a big lollipop. Oh. <laughs> he calls me that because I was such a sucker that week. And, um, yeah, he... Um, we went to the strip club, and there was a dancer, and she really took an interest in me. Yeah. And um, she told me, <laughs> she goes, she goes, uh, here's what I want to do. I want to get out of here. So um, just wait right here for me. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go outside and change, and then you'll see me up there in the balcony. I'll give you a wave, and that's when go outside, and I'll meet you out there, and let's go have some breakfast or something. And I thought, wow, this girl really is into me, and we're not even going to drink. We're going to go have a meal and hang out and get to know each other. And then I waited for 30 minutes, <laughs> and then an hour, and then an hour and a half. Oh. And I waited for two hours. And, no. then I, and then I thought, oh, something must have gone wrong. You know, some, <laughs> some, some man must have made her leave or something like that. She... Against her will. Right. You know? She's probably, yeah, she's in some unsafe situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really worried about her. So that's why I went back the next night. <laughs> yeah, I went back the next night, and I asked about her. Where is she? How, how can I get a hold of her, you know? And then I went back the next night. Oh. Luckily, it happened on Tuesday, so I had the whole Holy weekend. Oh, good for you. I had the whole weekend <laughs> to keep going back every single night. Where is she? Yeah, What's yeah. wrong? What did I do? Oh, no. And then I want, by the end of the week, I had gotten angry. I want. I didn't want to know 
what I had done wrong. I wanted I wanted a reasonable explanation for why she would do such a thing. <laughs> to you. To me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now you've put me through five days of hell. Now you at least, after oh. all we've gone through. Yeah. <laughs> I was... God, that's such an idiot. I, I think I was 23 when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Did not have a good week at that club either. <laughs> no. 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 Where is she now? I wonder. Probably probably looking for me. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. That's the only reasonable explanation I can think of. <laughs> She's going club to club. <laughs> Where is he? Why would he do this to me? <laughs> David Crow was booked here, so she wasn't even going to come this week, and now you no, screwed that there's up. There's no way that she could know that I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac, this has been fantastic. This was a great uh, treat to have you this week. It's, it's been, been fun. It's been too long. Um, yep. Let's do this again. All right. And yeah, people need it. to uh, definitely come out and see you here at Acme through yep. Saturday. I'll be here through Saturday. Yeah. Perfect. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you.